Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, you now. Yeah, actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on Chad. You know, yeah, I got to something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Yes, sir. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad talking about is not in your favor, uh, then you need to 
examine the ways in which those things can be blocked. And it's through your vote. And it's not just your vote on president. It's your vote on local officials. It's your vote on congressional members. You have a voice. You have an opportunity. But too many people sat at home and did not vote. And I tend to think that a lot of the people making noise in the streets are uh, a great deal of amount of people who failed to vote in this election for president. The very thing that they are uh, up in arms about. They failed to vote on that. And so if you fail to vote on president, I guess it would be too much for me to to uh, assume or ask for you to learn about how the government works and perhaps vote for a mayor or vote for, you know, commissioners, uh, vote for um, your, the House of Representative members or your Senate members. But, uh, you know, it's time for folks to take all of their energy and their anger and turn it into action. And not just be angry for the sake of being angry. I mean, we can rant and rave all day long. And we seem to be very good at that, especially in social media. That's what people just use social media for now, these days. But, you know, turn all of that anger energy into something useful. And President Obama did say this. Don't boo, vote. Don't protest, vote. You know, you've got elections for congressional members coming up here in the next two years. Get involved in that. Know who represents you. Know what they stand for. Know who they've supported. And then, you know, get yourself into a polling booth and vote. Otherwise, you can't be that upset at what's going on. You really can't be. Because uh, how involved are you in the in the results? And again, I maintain there's probably a great deal of people out there right now in the streets marching, blocking traffic, that didn't even actually vote. They're just pissed at the results. How about that? That's amazing. So that's just my little uh, PSA to you folks. So get out there and vote, and I don't just mean for president of the United States, okay? The president is limited in uh, what he can do. I mean, you should have learned that in the Obama administration. A lot of things Obama wanted to get done, but he was blocked by Congress, a Republican-controlled Congress. So if you're that fearful of what uh, Republican Donald Trump is going to do, get out there and start voting some of your Democrats into Congress. Perhaps you can get a majority there. And things can get even now. I mean, the founding fathers were pretty good. I don't know how, you know, how much they did well. They did construct a government. They did that well. So uh, get up on top of that. All right, we're here to talk sports today. On the show today, it is the big three in the state of Florida talk. So that's Gators football, Canes football, and Seminoles football. We'll be talking about that over the course of the next hour here. I'm going to have Andrew Spivey with me from Gator Country on the talk. Florida Gators football in our next segment. Also going to talk about the Canes, who are taking on Virginia, and also Florida State football. So we've got that coming up today. If you've got uh, any questions or comments on this or anything that's on your mind sports-wise, feel free to call into the show, 347-633-9365. As a programming announcement, we'll have the Football Friday show tomorrow. Emil Calamino joins me. We're going to talk college and NFL football, preview the matchups coming up, give our predictions. Also, the fantasy football focus by FanDuel. Also going to talk high school football here as we head into the uh, playoffs in the state of Florida. So we're going to have Joshua Wilson on with me. Also looking into possibly having Larry Bluestein join me on here. He's great uh, with all this stuff, especially when we get to playoff time, because Larry's seen just about everyone play down here. So I'm going to uh, looking into having Larry join uh, the broadcast tomorrow as we try to get into deep and heavy into the football playoffs that we have here in the state of Florida. So we're going to be doing that. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, Andrew Spivey joins me from Gator Country. We're going to talk some Gators football. Stay with us. We'll be right back on the Gridiron Step Show right after this. This beat is self-self-rich. All you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? 
Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You all may be taking the week off, all right, this week, but I'm not. We made a B on the midterm, so we're going to take a week off and get a D. Just like all the rest of you people out there, on paper, we should beat Mississippi State. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you what. A lot of people take a lot of things for granted, and I get asked questions like, well, how important is it for the, the young guys to get to play this week? Well, how in the hell do you know they're going to get to play? You know, everybody's got such a high expectation for what our team should be. It really doesn't matter what you think. I mean, what makes you think that you can just assume that they're going to get to play? Because you're assuming that the other team is not very good? Because we have a tendency to think that way around here. Instead of just kicking people's ass like you're supposed to and working to do it. All right, so when you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. And it really sort of, if you want to know the truth about it, pisses me off when I talk to people that have this expectation, like they're disappointed that we only won the game 14-13. You all don't remember the Georgia Southern game, do you? I don't think... Georgia... Georgia Southern has pissed off a number of uh, SEC schools. Seem a little bit, uh, seem to be a little bit of a thorn in the side of uh, some of your upper echelon schools. Who knew Georgia Southern? Good old-fashioned Georgia Southern like to run the football, like to cut block, like to get physical. Georgia Southern. Joining me on the line right now is someone who knows all about Georgia Southern because he writes for GatorCountry.com, follows Gator football. He is a Gator. It's Andrew Spivey from Gator Country. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chad. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man, Georgia Southern, how about them guys? They pissed off Nick Saban. You know what they have uh, done to Gator Nation. Yeah, I think uh, Will Muschamp would uh, would still have a job, maybe, if it wasn't for uh, Georgia Southern. <laughs> uh, that one has stuck in the craw forever. Well, interesting, you brought up Will Muschamp. He's going to be in the swamp on Saturday, not coaching the Gators, coaching the Gamecocks, trying to put uh, the Gators' season underground. And, uh, you know, this – this game maybe a couple of weeks ago might have just been put in the back. I don't think you can ever do that um, in, in the SEC, but this looked like an easier game weeks ago. Now it seems like it could be a game that gets very interesting. Would you agree with that statement? 
Yeah, I think it, I think it's a game that that actually you know uh, you, your your clip just a second ago fourteen thirteen Nick Saban say that uh, it very well could be that you know when you when you look at Will Muschamp he's he's doing exactly what he's doing uh, what he did at Florida that's run the football play terrible offense and uh, play really good defense and uh, right now Florida's struggling offensively who knows what Austin Appleby's going to do um, I, I think it's a toss up you know, I really do I think you could be looking at a, a a game that gets really really close and is a defensive game and then I think you could get a game that Florida is able to, to get out to a little bit of a lead and then South Carolina may be uh, equipping in, in the game a little bit I think it really depends on how the first half goes for Florida on offense well you mentioned that South Carolina's um, playing terrible offensively, but I, I have not found that to be the case over the last few weeks, especially since they've inserted the new quarterback, Jake Bentley. They've actually been on the come up, if you could use that term, uh, offensively. 31 last week against Missouri, 24 in a win over Tennessee, 34 in their game against Massachusetts. You match that up against the three previous games before Bentley became the quarterback, in which they scored 14 versus Georgia, 10 versus Texas A&M. And uh, 13 versus Texas A&M, and only 10 against a, a woeful defensive team in Kentucky. So is that a bit of a concern for for you and for Gator Nation? Um, just the improved nature and and um, the ability to score more points now for South Carolina with the freshman and a quarterback. Yeah, and I and I think the word terrible was bad. I think it just isn't pretty. It, it, some things uh, with Will Muschamp aren't pretty on offense. And, but but Bimley is a guy that has done really well, uh, and it surprised him because he's a guy that should be a uh, high school senior right now. Uh, I, I watched him play in the Tennessee game, and he did things that were just simple. He would take the simple throw. Uh, he would throw the, the three-yard uh, little um, – out route or he would throw the three yard route to the back and that would be what he would do instead of trying to take the deep shot so you know if you're Florida right now with all the injuries with with Davis being Jared Davis being gone Alex Anzalone being gone CC Jefferson being gone you, you do have to worry about some of the the younger guys especially the two young freshman uh linebackers do, do they get out of place do they play undisciplined ball and then allow Bentley to get in a rhythm, to allow that running game to get in the rhythm. You know what Will Muschamp wants to do. He wants to get a lead, and then he wants to run the football. And last week against Arkansas, when the young guys came in, Arkansas was able to do that. So, for me, it's a huge concern to see what the young guys do. Uh, and really, do they, they're not going to pick on the two corners in Quincy and Jalen Tabor. So, they're going to try to pick on the young guys inside. Is there a part of you, though, that's excited to see these young guys come in and play because as you know next year it looks like um, the Gator defense is going to be depleted by uh, graduation and guys leaving early for the NFL so uh, a part of this here are you at least happy to see what these guys can do and actually get them some experience if you're you know kind of thinking ahead to 2017. Yeah I, I am because you, you think about it you're going to play Kylan Johnson you're going to play David Reese inside you know, you're protected by a lot of older guys. You got May at safety, who's going to be making a lot of the calls. Then you then you have Jalen and you have Quincy on the outside that you're not going to have to worry about. Uh, and, and you're still pretty much veteran up front as well. So I, I am pretty excited to see that. You know, I, I think David Reese has played really, really good ball this year. Um, and then Kylan Johnson has been a guy who got injured in the Arkansas game uh, and, and has done okay. So I, I'm excited to see it. Uh, very excited to see it. I am the the least con- uh, a little bit concerned because of those guys having to make the calls against a team like Will Muschamp, who who is going to find the weakness. He, he's not a he's not a bad football coach. You know, he, he can be called a lot of things. He's not a bad coach, um, and he's going to do X's and O's to pick on the guys that are are going to be the young guys who haven't played very much. Let's talk about the injuries uh, for the Gators and, and who is out. Um, and we're going under the category of out. That's Del Rio, that's CeCe Jefferson, that, that's Anzalone, that's Diller, that's Davis. Am I missing anyone in the category of that definitely not playing Saturday? Uh, no, that's, that's it. Uh, the, and then the only other guys that is questionable are Chris Thompson. Uh, he's still under the concussion protocol. Uh, Tyree Cleveland has a hip injury. And uh, I think that's it. Oh, C.J. Wharton is also out this weekend. Um, but hasn't played very much, so. Uh, he's out with an ankle injury. Uh, he had another ankle injury um, the third third time this year. So, uh, CJ's out with an ankle injury. You know, uh, you, you mentioned Chris Thompson possibly being out 
If he's not out, I, you know, he's back there on kick returns. It looked a little promising until he got walloped uh, against Arkansas. So if he's not back there, who do you who do you expect to be the two kick returners back there for the Gators? You know, they 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 they've gone with Lamichael P. Ryan as their next guy, and you know. LaMichael's a very, very good running back. I just don't see it at, at kick return. And, and to be honest, though, I, I don't know who else you put back there. Maybe Brandon Powell. You, you need someone with that speed. You can see the difference uh, when you got a guy like Chris Thompson coming back there as a speed guy. Uh, you, you know that as well, Chad. It's all about a speed game on, on kickoff return. So uh, it'll probably be LaMichael P. Ryan, but uh, I'm against that. I think it should be someone else. Just not I, sure I don't understand that why Brandon guy. Powell wouldn't be back there. And furthermore, Spivey, I don't understand why Brandon Powell has been missing in this offense. Can you shed some light on that? Your guess is as good as mine, actually. You know, they went away from Powell. He had one kickoff return. I I believe it was the Kentucky game. And he came out instead of uh, taking a touch back in the game. And ever since then, he hadn't been back there. And then offensively, it it just seems like he's gone missing. If it's not the crossing route on, on third and eight, it's just not there. It, you know, no offense to Antonio Callaway. I'm a very big Antonio Callaway fan, but shouldn't Brandon Powell be the guy that's getting the jet sweep, the, a guy that has that electric speed? Uh, shouldn't he be a guy that is maybe getting those screen passes, something that is getting outside of that eight man in the box? Uh, I, I've been very critical of the offensive play calling. I was on our podcast the other day, and I said, what happened to that get that man the ball category that uh, Mac and Nuss talked about it? Where's Brandon Powell? He should be in that category. Where's Antonio Callaway? He should be in that category. Uh, right now, you've got an offense that's struggling. Put the ball in guys that can make plays hands, and that's Powell and Callaway. Yeah, I've, uh, I was on a podcast earlier this week, too, and uh, that was part of, you know, my discussion is uh, Brandon Powell missing the offense and then, you know, not enough creating – not creating enough opportunities and ways for Callaway to get the ball in his hands. When you look at Alabama and what uh, Lane Kiffin is doing over there, um, you know, he's running the ball a lot. He's got a nice little running game going there. But when needed, when you pile into that box, he's got no problem swinging a quick screen out to Calvin Ridley and getting five yards. And usually uh, what I've seen this year is Callaway seems to be within a shoelace of breaking these things for big yardage. So, um, I'm not seeing the bunch sets anymore and where Brandon Powell would, uh, you know, make, make a lot of his um, interesting and, and uh, important catches. That's somehow out of the offense. So I think they just need to get back to that. I mean, even the youngsters like Josh Hammond just, just you know, also catching the quick screen or a hitch or a slant, you know, start spreading that ball around. And maybe you do open up the running game, which, you know, folks have been critical of the offensive line about not opening up things. Maybe it's just too piled up in there. Give people something else to worry about. I agree. And, I, you know, I said this uh, I said this last week heading into the Arkansas game. Uh, the first few games, it seemed like uh, Antonio Callaway was getting the five, five or six uh, screen passes or what we call the stand pass where it's simple stand up, throw the ball right at the right at him and let him make a play. It's a one-on-one uh, situation. And, uh, you, you know as well, it's almost basically an outside running play. It's a one-on-one sure. situation for Callaway. Yeah, let it, let him go with it. Uh, you know, you have a quarterback that's struggling. You have a running game that is struggling. And, uh, you know, I, I do think people are a little more critical of the offensive line than maybe they should be. Uh, are they are they where they should be? No. But when you have – when it's eight on five, not too many football teams are going to be blocking that eight on five. And that's simply what it has been, and especially in the Arkansas game. When you don't respect a quarterback that can beat you deep, you're going to have it there. So let's see what it is. It's one-on-one. Uh, no disrespect to South Carolina's cornerbacks, but uh, they're, they're, not a, they're not typical Will Muschamp cornerbacks. They're not five stars. They're not big-time guys that uh, should be able to stop uh, Antonio Callaway one-on-one. Uh, I think that's a big matchup this weekend. And for me, it's finding a spark on the offense that is going to get something going, not only for this game, but you have two more big games on the road, South Carolina, I mean, LSU at Florida State. You've got to find some kind of spark to get these guys going. Uh, yeah, you know, I think, by, I think about it's important that they find a groove here. Um, you know, you, I agree. you can win this game 13-10, to 10, um, but it just really puts all kind of question marks together for the next week when you're going to play an LSU team that you're going to have to earn each and every yard that you get. I it'd be a whole lot you know, better if Florida could win this game and also find some kind of offensive group, which is going to lead now to the next and probably the biggest thing going into this game Saturday is Luke Del Rio is not going to play. Um, he's injured his shoulder. 
I don't know how long he's going to be out. But even before that, uh, either he was injured or something was going on there, but he was not playing his best. And there was even talk of replacing him during the Arkansas game. So how confident are you in Appleby? And, and then I've heard talk about the freshman. But let's, let's focus right now on, on Appleby. How confident are you that he can come in and get the job done? Uh, you know, I, if you see the if you see the Tennessee first half where he's confident in getting rid of the ball, I'm confident in him. Uh, and, and if but when he gets into the the situations like the second half of the Tennessee game and the and the Vanderbilt game where where he's not confident and he's holding on to the ball, I'm not very confident in it. Um, I, I will say this, and and I'm gonna put the trust back into the coaching staff that they're gonna try to get Appleby going, uh, whether it, it's like what we talked about with Callaway, so. I'll say I'm confident because he's a senior. Uh, it's just it's just very tough right now to see with this offense. He has a better arm than Luke Del Rio, so let's see what he's got down the field uh, going with it. And, and maybe he's that spark. Uh, maybe he's that spark. I, I'm just not sure, to be honest with you, what you're going to get out of Appleby or either of the freshmen, to be honest with you. I think the Gators' offensive problem started in that second half against Tennessee, and you know, a good deal of that was the play calling. The play, the playbook shrank uh, for whatever reason in that second half as Florida tried to get out of the game uh, as quickly as possible after taking that 21-3 lead. It seemed that the, that second half boiled right over into the Vanderbilt game, and, you know, uh, Apple couldn't really get anything going. But, you know, all of the elements we've just talked about were missing in that Vanderbilt game. You didn't get the, the, the creative ways to get the ball into the hands of um, Antonio Callaway and getting the ball to Brandon Powell and spreading things around and and then even when Del Rio came back it seemed like that continued so hopefully now you've got Appleby back in you kind of go back and look at what you did in that first half against Tennessee and try to bring it back to that and and then learn from the mistakes there yeah I completely agree and and I'll, I'll say this one more thing as well on the offensive side of the ball is find a way to get Jordan Scarlett he shouldn't. He shouldn't. He should be a guy that is your your go-to guy at running back. Uh, I've seen enough of the rest of the running backs. It should be the Jordan Scarlett show. After that, it should be the P Ryan show, and then the other two guys. Jordan Scarlett's shown he can be that guy this year. It, it, when you're going to run the ball, run it with 25. Yeah, I've been clamoring for that. Uh, uh, you know, Jordan Scarlett should be this team's Nick Chubb. He should be this team's uh, Derek Henry, Le- uh, Leonard Fournette, um, and even before he got mad and, and took his took his ball home, uh, Jalen Hurd. He should be that for the Florida Gators. And, you know, uh, you can help him out by spreading that thing around to the other weapons. And then when you do turn around and hand that ball to Jordan Scarlett, he's as good as anyone uh, dealing with, with one man, um, getting shred, shedding off tackles and, and gashing teams for big yards. So I hope um, that it all gets together offensively and that uh, we can spread the weapons around and then really do something good with that running game. That's, that's, uh, that's my big call for this whole thing. Uh, what's what's at stake here for folks who don't follow this as hard, but what's at stake here for the Florida Gators in this particular game? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the key right now at stake is you win, you still control your own destiny in the East. And as crazy as that sounds, the East is not very good. You win this game and find a way to win an LSU, and guess what? You're going back to Atlanta for the second time in a row. So, uh that's that's the key. That is uh, that is the key right now, and and then another key is to to have a winning season at home, and that's what uh, Florida wants to do. They want to be undefeated at home, uh, take back the swamp. That's their whole key. So that's the big two things: uh, find a way to win and get back to Atlanta. I'm looking at some bowl projections, and I was using the USA Today, and they have uh, Florida in a tax slayer bowl against North Carolina. What would you think of that uh, of, of that opponent? It would be fun. It would be fun. Uh, North Carolina is a pretty good football team, but uh, I think you would be let down going back to ja- or going to Jacksonville this year in the Tax Slayer Bowl, um, especially when uh, at the you know two weeks ago you were looking at Outback Bowl or you were looking at possibly finding a way to sneak into the Sugar Bowl. So Tax Slayer Bowl would be cool for North Carolina, but uh, it'd be a letdown in my opinion. You think the Sugar Bowl is still on the table for the Gators, and what would have to happen for them to get there? 
I'll be honest, I think it's out of the table. Uh, when you look at what's going to happen in the West, uh, either Texas A&M or Auburn, um, or, or maybe even an Arkansas sneaks in as, as that number two team with only two losses uh, in, in the West, I think they're they're a team that probably gets the Sugar Bowl um, over a team like Florida, who you know right now has dropped outside of the playoff rankings, and that's kind of what the Sugar Bowl goes with still is that higher ranked team in the SEC. And you know, unless Florida is to find a way to get a spark and uh, upset whoever plays uh, in the SEC championship game, I, I don't think the Sugar Bowl is on the table anymore. Yeah, well, that aside, um, if you do get a North Carolina in the Tax Layer Bowl, you know, forgetting that it's the Tax Layer Bowl, um, I think that's probably a really good matchup for Florida. Uh, North Carolina doesn't really pack that much on defense, so Florida can probably operate offensively. And then North Carolina's strength offensively is, is throwing the football, and that's where the Gators are supposed to be strong. So, you know, a, a tax, you know, the Tax Layer name aside, I think it would probably be a good matchup for Florida. Yeah, and the the one thing that the one thing that I do see in that bowl game is what's going to happen with this team. There's a lot of guys that are going to leave early. There's a lot of seniors. Does this team show up for a bowl game if the season kind of goes south? I think maybe that's the thing we should have talked about when you asked about the South Carolina game. Is this is a game that can keep this team together? Uh, this team is kind of starting to get shaky. It, this team needs to be held together by a big win on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't even want to think in terms of uh, Florida losing to South Carolina. So I'm, I've left that <laughs> off the table. We're going to have to leave it there. Spike, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, talking Florida Gators football with us today. You, you got it, Chad. Anytime. Take care. All right. Thank you. That's Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com for all things Florida Gator sports. Go check out GatorCountry.com. Basketball season also starting up a number of great articles uh, and insight on the site and also all, all the information you need to get ready for the Gators matchup with Will Muschamp and the South Carolina Gamecocks on Saturday at noon. I'm going to take a break when I get back talking Canes football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. No matter how hard you try, you can stop this now. No matter how hard you try, you can stop this now. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance. No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844 844- 696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. 
take control of your future. GridEyeStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen. But I'm piped up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. She piped up. Pipe it 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 up. Alright, we're back here on a Thursday edition of the Gridiron Show. Folks, the election got all of uh, the uh, attention over the last few days, weeks, months. Uh, it's just been all about that, but a big part of the uh, all elections is health care, and, um, and rightfully so. It's a big part of every one of our lives. Everyone gets sick, gets hurt, needs doctors, needs uh, trips to the hospital, so health care is important. And now is the time to get free health insurance for you and your loved ones. Primary care insurance is now enrolling individuals into their Obamacare insurance plans. So call today, 954-278-8696. That's correct. Free health insurance, Obamacare, is now available from November 1st to January 31st. It's urgent that you call today, 954-278-8696. Open enrollment only comes once a year. This means that the government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. Don't miss out on your opportunity. The time to get free health insurance for you and your family is now. So please call 954-278-8696. Again, that number is 954 954- 278-8696. You can also visit their webpage, OptimumNationalInsurance.com. That's OptimumNationalInsurance.com. Call now. Get your free health insurance, Obamacare, right now. And let them know that Gridiron, you heard it on the Gridiron Stud Show. All right. It's time to talk Canes football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Just finished talking Gators football with Andrew Spivey from Gator GatorCountry.com. You have to be happy uh, as it stands right now if you're a Canes fan. Uh, the Canes ended a four-game losing streak. I know it was a bit of a, uh, a source of great stress for Canes fans out there as uh, it kind of seemed like a rollback to the Al Golden era, and that would just be one of the worst things you could ever hear. But a tough four-game stretch there for the Canes in which they took losses in four straight weeks. Um, it came to an end in a very great way last week as the Canes came out and answered or took care of a lot of uh, the problems on offense, uh, you know, that was, a, that was I think, getting the, the side of the ball that was getting the majority of the criticism during that four-game losing streak. Uh, there were question marks about uh, Brad Kai, is he, is he, is he healthy? Uh, what's going on with him? Is he not as good as we thought he was going to be? Does he need to come back? There was all that going on. And, uh, you know, he answered his critics uh, quite nicely in this contest as he went out and had himself a day, 32 of 47, 356 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. But the Canes weren't just good throwing the football. They also ran the ball very well. There was um, folks talking about Mark Walton and his lack of production against Power 5 teams. Well, he cleaned all that up, 14 carries, 125 yards, and a touchdown, 55-yard long run, 8.9 yards a carry. That'll help his uh, yards per carry against Power 5 teams. Um, you know, minor contributions from others. Year B, eight carries, 28 yards. Uh, Gus Edwards really used in short yardage situations, six carries for 10 yards. Uh, Amon Richards, freshman wide receiver, continues to be a very big bright spot on the offense and in the receiving course. Eight receptions last week, 144 yards. Young man is absolutely getting it done, overshadowing Stacy Coley during this season. But uh, Coley did come up with nine catches in the game for 59 yards. And David Njoku also continuing to produce for the Canes uh, in the passing game. He had six receptions, 86 yards, two touchdowns. So where do we go from here? Uh, the Canes are on the road against Virginia. Now, this Virginia team on paper, not a very good team, two and seven. But that's not mattered in the past for the Canes as it pertains to Virginia. And who knows why that is the case? Virginia has been a big thorn in the side for the Canes in the past I don't know that we need to worry so much about that as fans. Of course, as, as a you know, team, you always um, worry about your opponent. By worry, I mean pay attention and not take them lightly. But for fans, and that's all I'm talking to here, I don't know that there's much to worry about here. Virginia themselves are on a four-game losing streak, not playing much defense. Last week, they took a loss at Wake Forest and gave up 
27 points to the Demon Deacons. They did play a very strong game against Louisville, which is something that fans might point to as possibilities uh, in this game on the road. But, you know, uh, against Louisville, it was a tight ball game, and uh, Louisville had to come up with some things at the end to win it, 32-25. That's the possibilities, but it's not the norm for uh, Virginia. So uh, I guess it would really boil down to can Virginia get themselves sky high the way that they did against Louisville, or did they kind of just shoot their load against the Cardinals? And, and you know, is there going to be an inability there for Virginia to get themselves jacked up for this game? You know, in the two previous games before Louisville, they got blown out by North Carolina at home 35-14, and they were also home in their game against Pittsburgh, in which they lost 45-31. Virginia having all tra- types of trouble on the defensive side of the ball. So I think if you're Canes, that's what you need right now. You need some, you need some games uh, against some teams that are struggling defensively so you can get that mojo going offensively or keep it going. You know, I talked about this, uh, about mojo and getting a little momentum going offensively with uh, Andrew Spivey and Gator Country because that, the Gators need that right now. So uh, it's not just a win against South Carolina. You need to get – yourself flowing offensively and go into your next game feeling good about what you're doing on that side of the ball. And that's the same case for the Canes. You know, you had yourself a game against Pittsburgh offensively. You put up a season uh, a season high against conference opponents of 51 against Pittsburgh. Now you need that to flow over, over into this game against Virginia, build on that, and not come back with another subpar um, offensive performance as you've had in several of those games during the four-game losing streak. Miami really needs to go out against Virginia and score in the 30s at least in this game. And if you can come up with 40-something points in this contest, I think you're feeling really good uh, ahead of a game against a tough NC State team. And, you know, folks who are not really paying attention would look at NC State's 4-5 and five record and ask, you know, what the hell do you mean um, a tough NC State team? But when you look deeper into their schedule, NC State is on a four-game losing streak. But here are the teams that they've played. They lost to Clemson. They lost to Louisville. Those are the two best teams right now in the conference. They, they lost a tough game to Boston College on the heels of playing back-to-back those two tough teams. And then you play Florida State, who, you know, is not having their best season, but is still um, a top team in this conference with a, with a ton of talent. And even in losing that game to Florida State, uh, Florida State needed to come up with something at the end to win it 24-20. So, when you're playing NC State, yeah, you can look at that record and get the wrong idea, but the truth of the matter is they played tough football. This is a team that beat Notre Dame earlier this season and kind of really sent Notre Dame on their on their spiral downward. Um, yeah, Wake Forest is not a big-time football team, but they handled them 33-16. to 16. So NC State is a tough squad. I think the biggest thing for Miami is to, yes, continue to play solid defense. I don't think that's going to go away. You can see it if you're watching games that uh, that defense comes to play each and every week. Um, there have been a couple times this season where, you know, they've just been on the field too long. Um, you know, I, I felt like in the Notre Dame game, perhaps uh, the physicality of Notre Dame up front kind of neutralized what it is Miami does best up front. But they're going to come to play each and every week. What you really need is that offense to continue to flow and just carry that through to the end of the season into a bowl game and have some momentum going into the offseason that you can use. Um, it, coming in 2017. So um, uh, when I was talking bowl projections, when I was looking at it, and again, I'm getting this from the USA Today. The reason I use the USA Today is that they don't give you the uh, bowl projections from four or five different writers. You got to sit here and figure it out and kind of forecast it out of four or five guys. It's just one forecast. And uh, right now, uh, they have the Canes projected to play Kentucky in their bowl game. And so I think that would be an interesting matchup. Former Miami Hurricane wide receiver who's coaching receivers now at Kentucky would, you know, come back to face his Canes. Um, that should be interesting. But they're, they're saying the Belk Bowl, uh, which plays on December 29th, featuring the ACC versus the SEC. That's what they're projecting the Canes to play in there uh, in matchup against Kentucky, who's, you know, strong offensively, uh, can be weak defensively, which so that's, Kind of like what you've got going on in this game against Virginia this week. I think that would be a good matchup for the Canes there, uh, if that's indeed what happens. But, you know, these things are week to week. So, right now, what lies ahead for the Canes is this game against Virginia. And, again, you need to build on that and, uh, and, and, and go from there. Uh, because, uh, you know, listen, the, obviously the ACC championship game is off the table. 
I think folks after the 4-0 start had visions of that, um, had visions of a lot of things, perhaps getting into the college football playoff. But uh, that was all knocked aside with the four-game losing streak. And it started with a one-point loss uh, to Florida State. So, um, you know, who knows what would have happened had that game gone a different way with that four-game losing streak have happened. Uh, I do know that North Carolina game following Florida State was going to be a tough game any way you looked at it. Then having to go on the road on a Thursday night right after that North Carolina game was still going to be tough. I don't care how you look at this, folks. This part of the schedule where Miami fell, you had to know this going into the season. I talked about it on our preview show. Um, I'm sure folks who pay attention looked at that four-game stretch and said, yeah, that could be a problem. And it was. And you've got a young football team. So I hope fans out there continue to be patient with Mark Rick and with this football team as I looked in the stands for that Pittsburgh game. Half empty. We're back to doing that again. It's tough in this town. Um, you either win or, you know, you're just not going to have people in the stands because it's the proverbial, um, you, people have got other things to do down here. There's the beaches, there's the bay, there's a whole lot of other things to do down here. Folks are really only going to show up uh, and show up in numbers if you're winning. So that's the case for Miami. Fully expect them to go on the road here against Virginia and get things done. But what's important is that they flow offensively. So that's what we're looking to see here. We'll keep a close eye on that. And of course, We'll talk about that on Monday in the wrap-up show. I'm going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk Florida State Seminoles football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. 1-857-85-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. Football season's here and you want yourself set up for the weekend. Well, the Gridiron Stud Show is the place to be. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. and get the best picks in college and NFL football from Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino. They'll break it down for you, give you a little analysis and a little intelligence. You can do that or you can do this and listen to this. Hey, call me now. I've got the tub plays for the entire weekend. Call me now on a recorded message that will give you free the Jets versus the Bills, the Lions versus the Cowboys, and the Eagles versus the Bucks. Call me now. I've got winners for you the entire weekend. Absolutely free. 1-800-238-I-WIN. 1-800-238-I-WIN. I've got all the inside info from all the casinos. That are those tickets. Call me free. I've got all the winners. Give them to me. I got them to you. You get them. You got them. I got them. We all got them. No need for that foolishness. Gridiron Stud Show. Every Friday, 10 a.m., Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino give you their top picks in college and NFL, and we win without all the foolishness. No spitting, no yelling. Top plays every week. Tune in every Friday, 10 a.m., Gridiron Stud Show, Blog Talk Radio, hosted by Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino. See you there.
under the category of you just can't make this stuff up. FIU senior tight end, John Moose Smith, the team's premier offensive player over his four seasons. Um, and he's been uh, one that has produced offensively for FIU. He's going to miss the remainder of the season. Did he twist an ankle? Did he tear an ACL? Did he tear a meniscus? Uh, did he injure his neck? No. No, no. The reason he's going to miss the game is his five-month pregnant uh, girlfriend doused him with boiling water. You heard me correct. Doused him with boiling water. And this was done on Halloween. Yeah, I hear the jokes coming. Uh, that's really frightening. Um, uh, man, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what to say on that. I know females get emotional when uh, they're pregnant, but this just goes a little bit over the top. When you say boiling water to solve your problem, she was looking for a little more attention. She got it in the form of uh, an arrest with aggravated battery. Unbelievable. Uh, Smith suffered severe burns to his head, neck, back, shoulder, and arm. Uh, Mary Gasper, um, the girlfriend, again, five months pregnant, Miami Gardens resident, another black guy for the city of Miami Gardens. Uh, they just seem to make them pretty violent out of there. Unbelievable. And uh, this guy's a, a, a projected draft pick. You know, this guy could be drafted in 2017 draft. And, uh, you know, now you put that in question. So I don't know what that solves. You've got a child coming. Would be nice to be having some NFL checks coming in. Just don't understand that. Digging a little deeper into the story. Uh, the two argued in a day over the attention Smith was paying her and their relationship. While in Smith's dorm room and feeling extremely emotional and stressed, she told police she boiled a pot of water, then she walked over to Smith and poured it on him. When Smith didn't react strongly enough for her, she started hitting him with her open hand, she told police. He didn't react strongly enough? This guy's tough. Got hit with boiling water and was like, ah, you know, just water down my back. Shake it off. The extent of the burns aren't known, but Smith has uh, been back on campus, even though he's not fit for the football field. This is a tough guy, man, but again, um, someone who's uh, pr produced for FIU. He's fifth in career receptions, 175. Uh, career receiving yards, 1,936. Just uh, amazing when things like this happen. Come on, people, control your emotions. All right, we got to talk Florida State football. Speaking of emotions, don't know where Florida State is right now in terms of uh, their ability to get up for games. I talked about this last week with Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation as he joined me here on the show. What does Florida State really have to play for? And, you know, I talked about how they're going to have a problem at NC State. Um, after losing a big-time showdown in a game like Clemson, yes, you want to get back on the field, but you want to get back on the field against a meaningful opponent, someone that's getting something done so that the victory means something. And uh, NC State is not really that, you know, 500 football team. It's not someone, you know, in deep in a playoff race um, or, you know, up there in the rankings. So a difficult game for Florida State to get up for. Uh, and it proved to be that. Florida State, though, uh, did come up with the win, getting the late drive, scoring the touchdown, and winning the game 24-20. Things are a little bit of a different, you know, story here for Florida State this week. Um, yes, are they going to be able to? Are they going to get all fired up for Boston College? Probably not. But the things that caused Florida State trouble uh, this season is not something I think Boston College can capitalize on. Still in the NC State game, um, you've seen what has played Florida State quite a bit uh, on the defensive side of the ball this year, and that's giving up explosive plays. Um, while you know Florida State was a little more solid than, on defense than they have been in previous games this year. They're still giving up explosive plays, both in the running and the passing game. And that's um, a big function of youth on that side of the ball. Uh, it's tough to get consistent play out of uh, youth, you know, younger players. And so you continue to see those explosive plays. Well, explosive plays is not really what Boston College does. They do try to just wear you down. I don't know if they can go that route consistently and get themselves in the end zone enough in this game against Florida State to be a factor. The, the uh, Knowles are 21-point favorites. 
that is kind of steep given the way Florida State has played some games this year. Florida State uh, has not. Uh, only one game this year has Florida State won by that margin. And that was a game against uh, a depleted and undermanned um, Charleston Southern, second game of the season. In no other game has Florida State won by 21 or more points, which would make you want to pause if you're, you're inclined to place wagers um, on Florida State this weekend. But I do think it's a game that they're going to win comfortably. Whether or not that's by 21 points you know, leaves things you know, up in the air. Florida State uh, did make the announcement this week that Derwin, Jones, uh, Derwin James would continue to miss uh, the rest of the season. Uh, that should just be a symbol to folks out there that there's nothing really much on the table for Florida State here. They're not in the ACC championship game running. They're not in a, the uh, college, you know, bowl uh, playoff running. So w- why put Derwin James at risk? And, uh, again, it's just going to continue to be um, a struggle for Florida State week in, week out to find um, really solid reasons to, to be up sky high. And people, you know, want to take me to task sometimes when I say these things. And you've got to understand it. Uh, it's not it, – it, when I say – reasons to play, I mean reasons to play at the absolute optimum level. Sure, you're a football player, a college football player. Um, you, you, you understand that you play at Florida State University. So it's not a situation where you don't want to play the game. It's not that. Yes, you want to play. It's football. It's what you do. You're going to go out. But, um, you know, on each and every week, there is playing at your peak level, and then there's just playing. And I think for Florida State, that's the fight for them each and every week now with uh, everything they had planned and they had set as goals off the table for them. Uh, it's just finding a way to play at your peak in a game like this one against Boston College. You know, when you're fighting for an undefeated season or you're fighting to make it to the college football playoff or make it to the ACC championship game, it's a little bit easier for you to come out, get fired up, and play at your peak. It's, uh, it's going to be more difficult for Florida State, a team that's had a tremendous amount of success over the last few seasons, to find themselves in this situation where with three games left in a regular season, uh, you don't have any of those things that you wished for, hoped for, thought you could reach uh, at the beginning of the season on the table for you. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying out there if you're a fan. There's playing and then there's playing. And uh, Florida State's just going to find it a struggle to get to, to that point. In terms of bowl projections, uh, where where does where do folks see Florida State playing as of right now? Uh, the, the, and again, I'm using the USA Today's uh, bowl projections. They're seeing uh, the Russell Athletic Bowl game. Certainly not going to excite Florida State fans who have been in uh, games like the Rose Bowl and have uh, made it all the way to a championship game in recent history. Um, they're not going to get excited about the name of Russell Athletic Bowl. But maybe you can get excited about this projected opponent, and that's Texas going on and taking on Charlie Strong, two of uh, the you know top college football programs, perhaps even Blue Blood, Florida State versus Texas should draw some interest there. Uh, it'd be an interesting matchup for Florida State. And again, just like Miami, and, and you know, not to that point yet with Florida because they still have some things on the table. But for a, just like Miami, though. A chance for you to have some momentum going into the next year. You are going to use Dalvin, lose Dalvin Cook, but you, you do have a young quarterback, and you need to flow into next year with, uh, you know, some kind of win behind your sales. So uh, I think Florida State goes out in this game against Boston College and uh, plays, this, plays this game tough. I think they'll look better this week than they did against NC State, but so far as getting super explosive and uh, coming out with some whale of a game, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, and it's still important for Florida State to play well and, um, you know, keep their prestige in front of the recruits. Because if, if you look at things, it looks like it's declining. Uh, 2012, Florida State was a 12-win football team, played in the Orange Bowl, got a victory. We all know what happened in 2013, 14-0, undefeated, Jameis Winston. Um, and you, you won a Heisman Trophy. It was the greatest of great seasons for the Florida State Seminoles. And then you peeled back and in, uh, in, in 2014, you went undefeated, but got all the way to the Rose Bowl and got hammered by an Oregon team. And then last year, you go 10-3 and and you lose the Peach Bowl to Houston. So, um, and then this year, you're, you're out of all those things with three, four games left in the season. So things look to be declining, and Florida State's got to find a way to kind of put a pause button on that and reverse things. So it would be interesting to see 
what the Florida State Seminoles do in this contest and can they find reasons to get up and play games um, at somewhat of a high level. I don't expect them to be tip-top, but can they put it together and start playing at a high level and uh, get back to where they want to be? All right, that's going to do it for the Thursday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. I think we uh, reached all the things on the on the table here for us. Talk Canes, talk Gators, talk Knowles, and uh, hoping the best for FIU tight end uh, Smith, who's been hit with some boiling water by the girlfriend, man. Uh, hopefully he can battle back from that. We're back on tomorrow on the Gridiron Stud Show. It's our Football Friday edition. Emil Calamita joins me. We talk NFL and college football preview the matchups there. Also give you our predictions in both college and NFL football. Don't forget the Fantasy Football Focus, sponsored by FanDuel.com. Coming tomorrow, uh, Damo and I give you our best picks for quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, of course, within our um, pre-packaged or pre-positioned um, salary cap that we have put together. Couldn't find the word there. Also going to talk high school football here in the state of Florida. Joshua Wilson from Florida, HSFootball.com joins me. Also looking to have Larry Bluestein on to talk about uh, the matchups that we have down here in South Florida. Thank you all for listening to the show today. Tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. live and think about giving us a call here on the Great Iron Stud Show. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.